Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we celebrate you like we do every single time. We learn how to be a thriving entrepreneur, how to thrive in our life, in our in our business. And I have a question for you today. How does your passion drive you? How does your purpose drive your passion? And how does your purpose that drives your passion make an impact in this world. It's an interesting thing to look at when we think about, uh, you know, just being passionate about something and then what difference does that make? And then having a purpose that that passion fulfills or that may even be the reason why that passion exists and then truly taking that to an impact. How does your passion make an impact in the world? How do we go from something we're passionate about to something that's making a difference in the world without it being necessarily the kind of thing where, um, you know, you're, you're coming up with the cure for cancer and the kind of things that we tend to sometimes critique ourselves, judge ourselves as less than because the thing that we're passionate about um, ourselves and or others, but mostly ourselves, judges us as not being good enough, not being important enough, not being big enough to have the kind of impact that we can then feel good about and brag about, right? I, I know uh, I'm the only one that ever deals with that, but uh, you know, if you happen to find yourself in that same boat with me, I want to really spend some time with you today as we talk with these guests and I want you to think about how your passion can really make an impact in the world because for that one it makes all the difference you know it is very much like the little girl racing down the beach throwing the starfish into the ocean and when asked you know and told it can't possibly make a difference because you can't save all of them as she throws the next one in the ocean she says yes but for that one it made all the difference and that's really the point is our passion is that thing that makes the difference for that person searching for the answer that we have that thing that we do so powerfully that let's be honest most of the time, the thing that is really the heart and soul and core of who we are and what we can do to really change the world, to really make an impact, it's something that we do so easily. It comes to us so naturally that we don't even see it. We don't even think of that as something that we're doing to change the world, to make an impact, to make the difference that only we can make. We don't see that as the thing that we thrive in because it's so easy for us. And it's so easy to be able to say to ourselves, yes, but everybody can do that. I want to be the one here to tell you that that thing that you're good at, there is somebody right now who needs what you do so easily. They're desperate for it. They need you to just be the best version of you so that you can help them. Because ultimately, our passion, our purpose, and the impact it makes is exactly for that. It's for the people whose lives we can impact by simply being us. By simply living as a thriving, that's hard to say sometimes, huh? living as a thriving entrepreneur. I've got three really great guests here for you today, and we're going to look at this whole concept of how your passion can make an impact here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Let's jump right into it. Join me in welcoming Catherine and Michael K. Redman. Hey guys, how you doing today? 
Doing great. Doing how are you doing, Steve? Doing good, thanks. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Oh, wow. That's some really good <laughs> things. Show we show world. up in the world several different ways. <laughs> uh, Catherine and I are married for 29 years. We are have been in business together as business partners for 20 years. We have a 26-year-old daughter, so we show up as a parent. <laughs> And we show up as a business leader with our staff and um, that is about 10 people in the office on our main team and about uh, 25 people that we lead all the way through all the different pieces and parts. And we have two different companies that are seven figure companies. One's in the, the business consulting and leadership development area. Mm -hmm. And the other one is in the pet food industry. That's very diverse. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, I know that usually causes people to go, huh? <laughs> no, no worries. And so your book is called Fulfilled, the passion and provision strategy for building a business with profit, purpose, and legacy. Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what inspired you to write the book and about the book. No, that's a good yeah, question. That's a good question. So we wrote the book about two years ago and really what inspired and, and kind of the way it was born is that we, as, as people who'd been in business for a long, long time, we have had many ups and downs and probably in the 08, 09 timeframe, we had a period of time where we literally grew our business 400% within 18, within months. 18 months. So we'd gone through the early lean years where you, uh, you love what you're doing, but you're not making any money. And then we suddenly hit this like place where we were making a ton of money, but in the process, we lost what we were love, what we loved about what we were doing, right? So we came up with um, ultimately out of that as we began to kind of retool and rebuild a company, we we came up with this model that we call passion and provision, which is this idea that if you're going to run a successful business and you're going to have a sustainable long-term business as a business owner, you need passion. You need to like what you're doing, at least, you know, 51% of the time, it has to give you energy and bring you some joy. Um, so that how you show up in the world is how you want to be showing up in the world. And then it also has to make money. It, it can't be an either or it can't be just about the money. If you really want to have a, a successful, fulfilled life, and it can't just be about doing something you love, but not making money. So we created the kind of the model and, and a, a core business model for folks to run companies that have both of those elements and to do it ultimately without creating burnout for themselves. So that's kind of the, the big picture of the, of the book and the story. And we were doing it for ourselves and we were helping clients over the years. Cause when we started half a bubble out, the name of our, our primary company, half a bubble out was a marketing and advertising firm. We were helping people design strategies that would be integral to the rest of the company that would help them thrive. And what we realized, because we'd had a lot of developmental development experience, um, leadership development stuff over the years, and some great mentors, that a lot of the leaders we were dealing with, their marketing problems, their business growth problems, and everything else, they were, they were fixing some things that oftentimes was a band-aid approach. They weren't fixing the core issues. They were fixing like, well, we just, if we had more employees, or I mean, more customers, we would just do better. Um, in our rabbit hole hay company, uh, our pet food company that sells hay to people who have pet rabbits around the world. Um, it's a, you, you're looking for niches, right? You find a niche and, and it turns out rabbits, chinchillas, and guinea pigs eat every day and they want to eat the same thing. <laughs> so as we grew that company, it grew in the, in the early days at one, two, three X, depending on the year. And then it slowed down to like 65% of your growth for us. Well, we almost went bankrupt on that one because, because we were growing beyond our leadership abilities, beyond our systems, beyond our, even our ability to pay for the growth. Mm -hmm. uh, even though the company was profitable, it wasn't profitable enough to handle that. And most people don't ever take a business class on finance of growing companies. It's not something you're, you're actually studying. And we just realized that there was all these other problems when we were working with our clients. And then as we're growing our own companies. And so we kept coming back to a holistic model of education and training uh, that allowed us to combine real world experience with their businesses, a good education that you can sort of get in a university, but it's more a large company and not small. It's more corporate in universities, even in business degrees. And we value business degrees 
Um, and then that regular mentoring that goes a long line. When you can bring all those together and, and combine it with leadership development, we started realizing that all of us started thriving better. We were all sleeping better. We all um, were having this idea that we want this healthy business that's profitable and fulfilling and doesn't burn us out, but we want it to fit into a, a life outside of work. And when we look at a model that we have outside of work, it's like one fifth of our life is work. Make it count. I mean, you're there 40, 50 hours a week or 60 hours a week if you're an entrepreneur. But then how do we do that? We just got intoxicated with making it better for ourselves and better for our clients and then coaching more and more leaders. And so that, that eventually led us to, you got to write this down because there were several of our clients and mentors that were saying, it's time to write it down and codify it even farther. And for anybody who's ever written a book, man, you have to learn how to articulate what you think you know, and then you write a book and you realize how much you don't even know about what you thought. And so it makes you really refine the process. Absolutely. So we covered profit and purpose. Let's talk a little bit about legacy. Ooh. Oh, good question. Let's talk about legacy. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things, one of the things that we believe to be true, and it may not be true for everyone, but I think most people who start businesses are doing it because they want to leave, they want to make an impact in the world. They want, they think they can do something better or faster or smarter than the other guy. Um, they can build something for their family, for their future. So ultimately, when we, when we look at what it takes to, to really stay the long haul and not burn out in business, part of it is what are you, what are you driving towards and does it have meaning? Is it going to leave something behind that actually made a difference to your family, to the community that you live in and serve, um, you know, to the greater planet. So this, this concept of legacy is really kind of pushing beyond what's the immediate that is in front of me. And do I actually have a larger goal that if we achieve that goal, something that isn't great in the world gets a little better. And, and, and sometimes for some people that literally is, I want, I want to have a family life that when they look back and they look at how we ran our business, they knew that they were just as important as the business. Like they want to leave that legacy of solid work ethic, but, um, but not sacrificing their family for the business. Others, you know, have a desire to make an impact on the planet or change something or do something significant in their community, but whatever it is, knowing that that you're doing something that has kind of that future goal in it, that long-term goal really helps you stick through and persevere when the times are hard. So we just, we love the concept of just what does it look like to actually leave the kind of legacy that you want people to, to think of when they, when they encounter you. So it's kind of the, you know, write your own obituary. What do you want them to say about how you lived your life and ran your business? We had a, mentor at one point, he introduced me to an acronym that I think his, one of his mentors had taught him and it was just the acronym life. And he put it into a triangle and he, and he started at the top with L and worked its way down. And, and, uh, it was this way of explaining why, what kind of happens to a lot of us entrepreneurs. We started business because we want to have more experiences in life with the E we want to, we want to just experience a lot of things. We realized that what we want after that, as we're starting this, this process, uh, we started business and we realized how much we need just finance. We need money. So we get to that finance part. And once we get that settled and we get this business that actually allows us to have the experiences we want, the, has the financial freedom that we want, then all of a sudden, most entrepreneurs start going, okay, well, I'm bored. And they start moving towards this thing of like, well, I'd like what I do to make an impact. And so let's make an impact. Uh, I, some friends of ours, um, I remember him being a super strategic entrepreneur, but he hadn't been an entrepreneur yet. He'd just been working through companies, getting skill sets. And then he went back into the blood bank industry where he had worked a long time ago and realized there was a need for a software and built a software company. And he was a very strategic person. I'm going to build the software. It's going to be great. We're going to make lots of money. We're going to sell it to a big company. And he got everything that he wanted to. And then all of a sudden he was without a job. He's sitting here going, I have a lot of money, 
but I don't think I could not work for the rest of my life. So I got to do something. And now I want to start making an impact. And he and his wife started a, a, for the local food shelter in our city, started a fun run that ultimately has been going for 15 years now. Every Thanksgiving day, five, 6,000 COVID show up in our city park, which is about 3,500 acres and walk for a 5k. And we raise somewhere between 80 and hundred thousand dollars in that one day for this food shelter over here. Needless to say for food shelter, that's a lot of money. They made an impact. Uh, but now they're thinking, okay, what's our legacy? Like uh, impacts happen today and tomorrow they're over what's next. But that legacy of what could he do sustainably? And that was his journey and so many others. And it's like, well, how do we start thinking and asking leaders to say, if that's really where you're going to end up being really fulfilled, once you have all the money you need, and I have, I have to all this stuff, what can, what can you leave for the generations beyond you? What can you leave as you get older? Uh, what that's legacy that could be sustainable without you and make a positive impact. So as we were thinking through the, the book and our own lives, we just constantly went back to, we want to be, we're built to be, I'm built to be an entrepreneur. Catherine got drug along with me as a reluctant entrepreneur, <laughs> but we don't want to change things. We like what we're doing. We like the freedom it gives us, but really um, this is all a tool for us to make the best use of our lives as possible. And for any other entrepreneurs out there who believe the same, Mm-hmm. our book is a great fit for them because it codifies a process that actually works, has worked for us in multiple companies, worked for our clients. And um, it kind of gives you the best of all things. There's sacrifices, there's hard work, but it gives you um, a well-rounded process where at the end of the day, you go on a regular basis, we go, we have a pretty good life. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet. And the people who work for us, they don't want to go anywhere because they like it here too. Well, and I'll just tack on the the final kind of piece of that that is really important, I think, in our whole way of thinking about work is that your work isn't just the thing you do to make money. It's actually your opportunity to make your contribution to the world. So if we're thinking about that, especially for an entrepreneur, if I'm going to create a company and I'm going to be doing this thing, I want to do something that's making a contribution. And my contribution ultimately leads to impact and legacy. So kind of all of those pieces working together to say, you know, you need a business model if you're going to do this and you're going to do it well. So we created a business model and the, and the grid and the philosophy we're working with is this passion and purpose and legacy. So profit, purpose, and legacy. Mm, love it. So now I'm going to ask you the most difficult question of all. Okay. How many rabbits, <laughs> how many rabbits do you personally have? <laughs> Not one, zero. zero, never had a pet rabbit, never had a pet rabbit. The more I learned about rabbits, the less I wanted a pet rabbit. <laughs> so you said also chinchillas and something else. Do you Any have pig. any of those? Or? Any no, no, nope. we have a dog. We have a dog who comes to the office every day for the last 11 years. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. yeah, go figure. Yeah, huh? no, we live in, we, where we live, there's surrounded a city surrounded by farm country. And it was funny because never thought anything about this industry ever. Until one day in 2012, stumbled across it, went, hey, this could, this could be something. Yeah. And it did. It turned out to be something. So because you're business coaches, um, you know, you're used to taking people who are broken, unfulfilled, feeling icky about their business and helping them move. <laughs> um, you know, what kind of people do you like to work with and how could they work with you? Oh, great question. Uh, we usually work with uh, folks that are owners of owner-run companies, usually first and second generation of privately held companies that are usually not always family-owned. Sometimes they're family-owned, but somebody they're privately owned and they're run by the owners. Usually under 200 employees, 250 employees is max, but we do work with some companies up to a thousand employees, their senior leadership team. But it's fun to work with the leaders uh, that you know that working with them is going to make a difference and it's going to be leveraged to make a difference in their company with their employees. So there's a community and a real, like what we're doing is making a difference here, as opposed to sometimes what happens is like with our, one of our companies, it's a thousand employees. They care about their employees, but they can't know them all. 
And it's really nice when the owners know most of their employees in the company and there's a sense of they want to be better leaders, not just for their own wallet, but for their people too. Yeah. And then to work with us. To work with us. I mean, if you go to, there's a couple of things that we can do, but if you go to halfabubbleout.com to start website, if you type in backslash scorecard, you can take basically a leadership assessment um, test that we have that can look at the different areas of business and how, you know, how you're kind of measuring up in those. And then if you want to have further conversation about that or get help coaching you through certain things, then we are absolutely available for that. And you can contact us through the website on the contact sheet there or the phone number on the front page of the website. And again, it's halfabubbleout.com. And just to, uh, and so the scorecard is on the slash scorecard page. Yes. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's hidden. I love it. It's only, it's only mm -hmm. for people who are special that listen to Steve Kidd's radio show. Woot, woot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, give us some closing words on cast the vision for us of what it could look like to run a business and feel fulfilled. So I, for us, it looks like what, it looks like how we're living life actually, which sounds very, I don't know, very cliche, but we <laughs> are happily married. We work together, which is not a criteria for the, uh, for this leadership development. Not everybody does. We get that, but happily married, have a great relationship with our kid. We have a culture of employees that love coming to work every day. We love being with them. We love who we serve, um, our clients, um, and, and have made careful choices along the way to protect our culture so that we are not just taking everyone in the door. We're taking those that align well with our values and, um, and that we know we can help. So, so it looks like sleeping at night, it looks like not being worried about payroll every single second of the day. Um, it looks like having your relationships be intact. Um, so that for me, that's one of the bigger definitions is, you know, do I love what I do, who I do it with and who we serve? And that, that is fulfilling. And, and I the only thing I would add to that is um, we all start companies. Most people start companies, not just to get filthy rich. Uh, and, and then they're thinking everything else is going to run fine. Most people start businesses because they value work. They have a good work ethic. They think they can do something and create something for themselves. And there's a 90% business failure rate. And the number recently seems to be going up, not down. And with that said, there's a lot of obstacles in today's world with volatility of the world and the complexity of the world and the challenges that can get in your way. And a lot of dreams over decades in have been dashed by people starting businesses, thinking that they can dreaming of something that they could accomplish that they can't quite get there. A model like this radically decreases that failure rate. It increases the amount of people who are actually going to start something with a dream and potentially see that dream come true without any of the casualties that come along the way sometimes. Mm, I love that. And again, the website is halfabubbleout.com. Um, right. And of course, if you go slash scorecards, you can get that. Your book is called Fulfilled, The Passion and Provision Strategy for Building a Business with Profit, Purpose, and Legacy. That's Catherine and Michael K. Redman. Guys, I really appreciated the time we got to spend together. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank That's you for privilege. having us, Steve. Thank you so much, Steve. What can you do that can increase your passion, your purpose, and yes, with that, your profit? What can you do to thrive even more in your life and in your business while it's called today? Think about that while we take our first commercial break here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> 
Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we look at how your passion drives an impact. It's a purpose that makes an impact in this world. I am so excited about what we learned in the first segment, and I look forward to sharing this second guest with you as we look at other ways that we can make an impact in the world just simply doing that thing that we're passionate about, that thing that maybe even as a child was something that caught our attention and something we wanted to make a difference in this world with. And that's what I love what this next guest is going to share with us as we look more at how your passion can make an impact. Join me in welcoming Lizzie Horvitz. Hey, Lizzie, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing good, thanks. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. So I have been passionate about sustainability since I was 16. So at this point, over half my life, really concerned specifically with climate mitigation in the private sector. So what large companies can do to reduce their carbon footprint. And two years ago, I started a company called Finch that helps consumers decode products, environmental footprints, and helps consumers make better purchasing decisions. So explain to me what you mean by decoding. Uh, Explain that part to me. Great question. So right now there's a lot of greenwashing out there. When when you look at a product online or or even in person, um, there might be a label that says this is green or this is eco-friendly, chemical-free, things like that. Unfortunately, that type of language is unregulated and there's nothing stopping any company or brand from using those words. So what we do is we have a very advanced proprietary algorithm that actually looks at the details of these products. And so we will look at everything from the carbon footprint all the way to um, how much water and how the workers are treated on the manufacturing floor, et cetera, to come up with a score um, so that you don't have to worry about labels or understanding if this is healthy or good for you or your family. And you'll be able to see a product on Amazon and you'll say, okay, this gets a seven out of 10. I'm trying to do a little bit better. So maybe I'll look for a score that's closer to a nine out of 10. Um, And so we provide these scores and can help guide the consumer so that they don't have to do all the research themselves. Okay. So first uh, explain to me, you know, maybe not in detail, but just basically um, how the scoring works. Sure. So it's sort of a two-part um, two-part process. We first look at the product category overall. So let's take shampoo as an example. And we will do a lot of research to show what are the biggest factors in shampoo. Um, it might be the plastic packaging. It might be the way that, that it's shipped. It might be the ingredients involved. Um, and we read something called a life cycle analysis, and then but anything else that we can find generally about the category of shampoo. And then we weight those um, factors. And so we'll say, okay, 20% of the impact is happening from ingredients, 80% is happening from packaging. I'm obviously, um, I'm simplifying. That's not, those are not the real impacts there. But once we have that, then we, the second part of the process is we go on the public domain any on anything we can find on the internet and we scrape the public domain for 
anything about specific products. And so we'll go on Amazon details pages. We will look at sustainability reports, anything we can find that helps inform those weightings that I, that we just figured out. Um, and then through a machine learning neural network, everything can get a score automatically. So it's, there's not manual work where we're looking at an individual product and we're saying, okay, this, this should get a five out of 10. So when you're talking about scraping, you're talking about a automated process, not individual people going through page after page on Amazon. Exactly, exactly. And we look at six different impact areas that we really focus on. The first is climate footprint, um, then water, human well-being, which of course is sort of the level of toxicity in a product and you know how the health is being impacted, ecological footprint. So what does this product's impact on biodiversity? Waste footprint, of course, like a product's packaging or a take-back program, et cetera. And finally, raw materials. Um, and then over the, all of that, we also look at real reviews on function and quality because you know we don't wanna recommend a product that checks all the boxes from a sustainability standpoint, but is not enjoyable to use or falls apart. So we wanna make sure that people actually like using the product that we're recommending. Mm. Talking about shampoo, that's, you know, important, you know, I mean, the last thing you want is a very sustainable container that falls apart in your shower while you're trying to use it. Exactly. That would not be a good user experience. <laughs> Do you give any weight to um, country of origin where the product is made? We do, absolutely. And so there we can make really fun assumptions around, you know, okay, this this was made in this country. The country has a history of these type of these types of labor practices, et cetera, et cetera. So you can make certain assumptions if you don't have all the details. Because as you can imagine, a lot of this is tricky with missing data, um, but you can make certain guesses. I, I won't say guesses. They're they're very educated assumptions based on you know millions of data points, but you know, we can assume that something that's made in the United States has different labor practices than something that was made, say, in Pakistan, for example. And I'm assuming that the name Finch has something to do with the canary in the mine kind of a concept? It does. You know, it's actually kind of a funny story. I had a newsletter before I started the company, um, just again, aiming to Kind of distill this type of information for the layperson, and it was called the green lizard because my name is lizzie and my nickname is lizard and so i thought that was really clever and then the second i hired my branding and marketing team who are still with me two years later they were like this is not gonna work it's, it's not it's not the best name so we kind of went back to the drawing board and figured and did a two-day naming workshop and came up with finch for a couple of reasons aside from the one that you mentioned um Finches are the most adaptable species. They live in all different types of areas. They were studied by Darwin. And so we like to think of our users as that adaptable, as you know, you can use this in the middle of the country and in the middle of Times Square. Um, and then also, you know, I think Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird has kind of a spotty reputation, but I love that he was kind of a fighter for racial justice. And, and I think that climate justice is sort of the racial justice of our time. Um, and so it's it's a bit of a nod to him as well. You mentioned the middle of Times Square versus other places. Does the, how do I say this the right way? The general area that the product is most used in versus where it came from, but where it's going to, does that have any impact in, in the scoring? It's a really important question. And the answer is yes, but not yet. So right now we don't have the, we, we're just not there yet to differentiate between, okay, you're using this in New York. So this is gonna look different than someone using this in, in Ohio. Um, the difference will come from, you know, think of, there are drought problems in California and people in California should be more concerned with their water footprint than people in New York where water is not an issue, right? And so over time, where you're living will have to do significantly with, um, with that score because depending on your zip code, there will be certain um, changes in the, in the use of the product more than anything. 
Oh, and I, I had gone a completely different direction with that. I was thinking about, for example, the difference in water quality between when I used to live in Oregon and now that I live in Southern California and the, and the uh, you know, what happens when they mix together with water kind of a thing. Oh, interesting. Um, that's, I would say, less of something that we're looking at right now. Um, but it, it all kind of does come together. It's like, um, you know, we, we don't rate this category yet, but when you think of an electric car, uh, that is a really good choice if you live in California because the energy grid is pretty clean. Um, if you live in West Virginia, it's actually probably more sustainable to get a gas-fueled car because the energy runs on coal, which is so much worse than petrol than oil, right? And so um, those are the types of distinctions that we would make, but something like made in one place and then used in another place is, um, I think, less of a concern for us, at, at least right now. Interesting. So, um, you know, for a person who has never even thought of this before in their whole life, uh, where's kind of the starting point? What would be the intro to even begin to think about this for people? I love this question um, because I think that that's really the crux of the problem is even if you're someone who has thought about it before, it's still really, really tricky because you're finding either, you know, academic papers online, which are hard to sift through or blogs that don't really say anything based in data. And so to find that middle ground is, um, is difficult. I would say, you know, if I am allowed to just make a quick plug for our wise guides, which are product-based information on our website where you can find out, okay, when you're buying shampoo, here are the most important things to pay attention to. Um, that I think is a really good starting point because you're armed with knowledge that shows you, okay, like maybe animal welfare isn't as important as I thought, or wow, water is actually so much more important than climate in textiles, for example. So I think that's a really good place to start. Um, and then also, you know, I, this type of thing doesn't exist yet or hadn't existed before we started it. We're kind of trying to become sort of the nerd wallet for sustainability, where nerd wallet helps personal finance and, and Finch helps sustainability. And so um, we're still small enough that people are coming to me with questions directly. So if people want to know just how they can have small tips, I suggest um, just just reaching out directly and, and asking questions and then we can find people um, who are well equipped to answer them. Which is a perfect lead in to tell us about what kind of things you do for people and how they can get in contact with you. Perfect. Well, they can definitely get in contact through um, our email, just hey at choosefinch.com. Um, that's the easiest thing to do. And then to follow us on Instagram, which is at choosefinch. There's a lot of really fun tips on that one that I just found that was really interesting was people have been having problems with shampoo bars because, and shampoo bars are kind of like, you know, a body bar, um, but for shampoo. So, you know, 80% of shampoo is water and spoiler alert, there's already water in your, um, in your shower. And so the point of shampoo bars is to take away the plastic and the added water and to just, just use the, the water to sort of lather in the shower. People were having issues with those. And so we just did a tutorial on here, you know, you really need to rub your hands together first before you put the shampoo bar in your hair, as opposed to putting the shampoo bar directly in your hair and waiting to let it lather. So that's just sort of one example of a tidbit that is in real time. If people aren't enjoying, you know, their sustainability journey, we can sort of share tips along the way on how to make it a little bit easier where you don't have to turn your life upside down. Mm. Very useful. And you said that was hey at choosefinch.com. Exactly. Yep. So inspire us just a little bit, uh, you know, especially that person who's just starting on this journey. Um, inspire us why we want to live sustainable. Oh, that's a really big question. I think that, you know, we are everything for me comes back to climate change. I think everything sort of funnels down to the fact that our, our climate is changing drastically and we need big and small changes to happen in real time. And so, you know, we absolutely need shifts in 
our grid systems, changes to renewables, these big picture things that involve governments and nonprofits and way beyond a normal person's pay grade. But there are also so many things that an individual consumer can do to make a change. And, you know, one statistic that I love is that if every person in the United States switched their toilet paper roll from conventional paper to, and conventional meaning like virgin, it's a tree was cut down to make this toilet paper to recycled paper, we would save 463,000 trees in just one day. So that's the type of scale where, of course, if you're an individual and, and you're just one person, it's hard to imagine how this has global um, global implications. But truly, as we spread the word, as you find as an individual new products that you want to share with your friends, um, this can spread like like wildfire and like the good kind of wildfire, not the, not the bad kind, right? Um, and so I think that there's a lot of power in what each of us can do um, to make a change and to help honestly like these weather patterns changing these people in the south islands who are having to move out of the houses that they've lived in for decades because they're becoming climate refugees um and so i, I always think of it as a sort of people and bi biodiversity problem that we all have control over well lizzie thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today thank you so much i really appreciate it what difference in the world can your passion help drive you to, to really be the change that you were meant to be in this world? How can you take that, fulfill it, live a life of passion and purpose, and live as a thriving entrepreneur? Think about that while we take our next commercial break. We'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we look at how your passion can make an impact in this world as we see all the ways that we can make a difference in this world just simply by being the most powerful version of us. Let's look at one more guest who's doing this so well. Join me in welcoming Jason Sweeting. Hey, Jason, how you doing today? Hey, Steve, I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing really good, thanks. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Well, you know, I'm here as to serve, you know, that's it just to serve, just to help people. I've been so fortunate in my life and I've been so blessed to be able to acquire skills that can uh, change my life. And I know that I'm okay, but I wanna make sure that everybody possesses these skills. So now I find much joy. In fact, the most fulfillment I find each day is in helping someone else achieve the success in the markets that I've achieved. What kind of markets do you find yourself working in the most? Well, I trade the financial markets, but, you know, a market is just like any market, you know, a supermarket or a real estate market. You know, the financial markets are kind of like 
uh, huge and they have different sections. You know, if you go to your grocery store, you'll see the produce section and dairy and the bakery and meats and deli and you see all that. And if you go to the financial markets, you'll see equities and indices and commodities and futures and currencies. You'll see all these different places. So if you go into the financial markets and then you go to the futures section, and then once you're in the futures, you go find the interest rate futures. I love to trade what is called the 30-year treasury bonds. I day trade the 30s, and I also day trade the S&P 500. Trading, you know, I mean, it's, it's so up and down, and I mean, there's so many nuances to it. Um, <laughs> uh, do, do you find yourself... Uh, doing fairly well coming through some of the craziness we've had over the course of the last couple of years? Or are there some some things you wish you knew then that you know now? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. So many people say that. And uh, I understand the trepidation and the fear that might be behind that question or the lack of information that might be behind that question. Uh, what I often offer, what I often offer as a response is, you know, there are a lot of up and downs when you learn how to walk. <laughs> but once you learn how to walk, then you had it. No one could tell you anything. You could walk. And then you got so good at walking that you started to skip. And after you skipped, you jumped. And after you jumped, you ran. You got so good that not only did you learn how to walk after all those up and downs, maybe you won an Olympic medal for being able to run. Maybe you uh, swam, maybe you did a 5K, maybe you did a walk for cancer, you know? There you are using a skill that at some point you didn't have, and now you're using it to help somebody else. And trading is similar. There's a lot of fear. I don't want to sound uh, like I'm speaking from a point of bravado or a lack of humility, of course. I'm blessed, and I thank God for blessing me. But I'll be honest, I haven't had a losing day this year, and I had two losing days last year and they were only losing days because i didn't feel like trading anymore i was tired so i just didn't the thing about it trading is you get so much better as you go so you don't have to lose if you don't want to <laughs> you know it's, it's really not that like you don't have to fall when you walk if you don't want to anymore because you've already fell as a kid when you were learning it's the same thing with trading you don't have to fall if you don't want to. I have a really good friend of mine that, uh, well, until the end of his life, he ran a very large hedge fund. Um, you know, wow. he was talking about back, you know, March when the whole world was locked down, March of, you know, 2020. Yeah. Um, he was talking about some of the things that he did that were amazing. Can you give us some insights in some of the kind of things that you did that helped you continue to make money even during times when the world was so chaotic? Right, right, right. It's so funny. Like, I'm glad that you said that. You know, Steve, you can make money uh, whether the market is rising or falling. You can make money in a bull market. You can make money in a bear market. How we make money in the markets is just if we are right about the future. So you can tell your broker, I think the, the stock or the currency or the indice or the futures or this, I think that it will rise. And your broker will say, okay, that's your opinion. I'll take your money. We'll put your opinion in the market. And you can say, hey, I think it'll fall. And your broker will do the same thing. If it falls, you make money if you said it was going to fall. And if it rises, you make money if you said it was going to rise. So calamity doesn't bring um, failure. There's a difference between investing and trading. And the only difference is the time horizon at which you, your opinion should be right. You know, if you're an investor, typically most people invest, they have 401ks or they have other things or IRAs, or whatever vehicle they're choosing. And what they do is they say, hey, I'm putting this money away. And when I'm 65, you know, I'll retire. So the time horizon that they're working on is when they're 65. What I like to say is I want my money when I'm 65, but I also want it in 60 minutes. Like I would like to get paid today and when I retire. And I believe that that's the mighty and that's the wonderful thing about the money that we make and how we can employ it for us. Uh, 
You know, the banks do it. They trade our money. They buy real estate with it. They do fractional lending with it. They do all kinds of stuff with our money in order to multiply it. But then we get our money and we get scared to behave in the market. We want to be, quote unquote, safe. And we want to wait until we're 65 in order to be able to enjoy the fruits of our labor. And what I share with my students and with so many other people is that you have a right to get paid today and later. You just do. The banks aren't waiting for 60 years in order to make money. They're making money today and in 60 years. And I believe that because of technology and because of the closeness of people and because of the way that the world is becoming a big community, you know, people are starting to share. People are starting to talk about their experiences and we're empowering one another. You know, we are empowering one another. And it's so amazing to be a part of that, that empowerment move. It's, it's really one of the greatest blessings of my life. So for a person who has never done any investing, and of course, obviously, you know, hopefully that means they don't jump right into day trading today because there's some nuances to learn things. Yes, um, don't do it today. <laughs> what is what is something that they could do, you know, immediately today to start learning from what you teach? Right. So they can visit my site and they can follow me on social and all those things are good. But the biggest thing I want everybody who might be listening to this, first of all, follow Steve on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. Okay. Just follow him because he's great. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to realize that there were things that you did not know before that you know now and that you do every day. If you have a job today, your first day, you didn't know how to do your job. Somebody taught you how to do it. And now you do it with ease. To understand that you have the capacity to do and learn anything, you have the God-given right to grow your mind, to grow your heart, to grow your ability. You have that. Everybody who's listening, please, if you can, look in the mirror. Just tell yourself, hey, I, I have the right to grow. I have the right to learn. I have the right to become. And that's the second thing I would tell you. Follow Steve. Secondly, know that you have the ability to do it. I am probably the most stubborn pigheaded. And before trading, I was a full-time musician. So this is not like, like I didn't grow up knowing about markets and trends and industries. and ver I didn't know about any of that stuff. I knew about Aeolian and Phrygian and Dorian scales. I knew about Mixolydian scales and inharmonic minors and relative scales. That's what I know about. But you can learn it. If I did, you definitely can. And if you want to learn, man, you can go to www tradelikej.com. That's T-R-A-D-E-L-I-K-E, the letter J.com. And you can get started. You can hit me on social. You can hit me on mobile. You can say what's up. Because more than anything, I want you to know that someone outside of you cares about your well-being. The only reason Steve does this is because it helps people. He makes a radio show. He takes his time. He takes his money. He takes his effort. He buys equipment. He has editors. He has staff. And the whole point is to make sure that, hey, somebody who didn't know something one day can know it because they listen to Steve's show. Me and Steve, we wear the same jersey. We're on the same team. So if you come to me, I care about your well-being. I care about your, your goals and your family and your children, your spouse and your future. And I want to see you get to all the things that you deserve straight up. I know it sounds very corny and it is, you know, it's very corny. But what I found in my life is that after you fly private, it's only a trip. And after you eat the best meal in the world, it don't keep you full forever. You got to eat again. You know, me, I love playing golf. So I went and played Pebble Beach and some other very pristine courses. And after you play it, it was just golf. You know, what really matters and what really lasts more than anything that I've ever seen in my life is you're experiencing helping someone, serving someone. You can grow, but then right after you grow, you got to serve because it leaves a lasting effect on someone else's life. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm into, man. I like to grow and serve. I like to teach people. I like to have fun with family. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm into, Steve. And give us that uh, website again. It's www.tradelikej, just trade like and then the letter J, 
not J-A-Y, just J, dot com. Trade like J. And on social, I'm J the Trader. So J underscore the underscore trader. Um, you can also hit me on my cell. And my cell phone number is 786-755-1711. You know, and let's just talk about it. Let's figure out how we're going to get you successful. Because that's really the point. Let's make sure you make all the money you can so you can be comfortable and help as many people as you can. And that makes all the sense. And it definitely is one of those kind of things where, especially beginning, you do really need somebody who's already been there to help you, you know, so that you know where the rocks are to step on as you're going across the river and you don't get swept down out into the ocean. Right. Exactly. Totally true. Man, you know, I I think it's a great, it's a great opportunity that we have these days. If you really think about it, the world is so close. You can, you have more power in, in your phone today than they had when they sent a man to the moon. Like, think about that. Every little kid with an iPad, every person with a phone, we are connected. And if you use that connection in the right way, amazing things happen in your life. Hmm. That is so good. Jason Sweeting, Jay the Trader, Trade Like Jay. Uh, You guys really got to check this out. Jason, thanks so much for spending some time with us here today. Thank you so much, Steve, for the opportunity. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Just remember these. I want to remember these two words. Well, these two phrases. One of them is we all we got. I say this every day. We all we got. Then I say, but that's cool because we all we need. Just us. If we if we only just try to help each other, man, we can make it to wherever we're trying to go. So now we've talked with three amazing and powerful guests. They've shown how their passion allows them to make an impact in this world. They've talked about how they abundantly show up as the best version of themselves, about how that passion drives their purpose, but how more importantly than anything else, that makes an impact in this world. It's helping to shape, mold, in fact, impact people's lives as they just simply show up as themselves, as they let that passion deep inside of them rise up and be the best version of themselves that they can be while it's called today, to grow where you're planted, to be all that you can be, to do all of those things that we've heard said that can almost sometimes feel trite and contrived, but yet are so true. Because there is a passionate, purposeful reason for you, and that is so that you can and will make the impact in this world. That change, that impact, that difference that only you can make so that you are living as a thriving entrepreneur, which of course we cannot do without especially having in there us really truly living in the core heart and soul of our passion and making a difference in this world to see what we're so passionate about make a difference. That's such a fulfilling, powerful and important thing And I want to be the first one to tell you today, thank you for making the difference that only you can make. Thank you for showing up as you while it's called today, for being a thriving entrepreneur, living, breathing, taking this world by storm and making a difference each and every day as you simply fulfill your purpose and you be the best you that you can be because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world does need you. I'm here to help you see how you can live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out.
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You are-